Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. I'm John Burke, and with me from across the pond is Matt Hudson from whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. Matt, how you doing, sir? I'm feeling higher, further, and faster, John, if you must know. How are you? I'm doing very well, and listeners, if you're paying attention, you should know this is our Marvel's the Marvels, excuse me, spoiler mini-sode uh, by Matt's comment of their tagline. <laughs> um, what What is it? Higher, faster, stronger? Higher, further, faster, which has actually been used ah. since 1895 by the Olympic Committee in the form of Sitius, Altius, and Fortius. There you go, history. I, wow, I didn't know any of that. Um, uh, Google told so, me that. <laughs> ah. So, listeners, before we go any further, if you haven't seen the Marvels and you don't want it to be spoiled for you, please pause this episode. Go to your nearest cinema. They really need you to because the movie's not doing well. Um, And check it out. And then come back and listen because we're going to talk about all of the details uh, on – well, not all of the – all the details we want to talk about uh, on this spoiler mini-sode. So, you've been warned. Yep, don't come and at us if you haven't seen the film. Uh, JB, we both we both enjoyed this. We both thought it was fun. Yeah. We both thought it was um, uh, effervescent. It was it was exuberant with energy, all of the buzzwords there, with flaws here and there. Uh, where do you want to kick off then with a film like this where, again, maybe it wasn't 10 out of 10, but it certainly wasn't a 1 out of 10. So where, where do you want to kick off? Um well, I think I want to talk about the musical scene because you already brought it up. But um, I I remember when it came, I was at the theater uh, with a lot of other critics. And when the musical number started, I immediately turned and looked at Sean. Because um, <laughs> I was like, this is going to be one of those things. Is this is going to make people break. love this movie or yeah, hate this movie. And I, it made me, I was already into it, but this was the, like, I'm like, Oh, DaCosta, how brilliant for you to introduce the musical. <laughs> um, it's almost like an audition tape. I really feel like it's her going Hollywood. Give me some money. I will make you a blockbuster musical. Like you've never seen. And I'm, I'm here for it. Um, especially as much as Tessa Thompson has worked with her. Like let's, let's make yeah. that a thing. Get, put Tessa in a musical directed by DaCosta. Um, I think the cast has some really cool visual stylistic stuff that she's done in both the Marvels and Candyman. Like there's that scene where we, we zoom into the, uh, the, like the skyscraper and we are looking through the window of the one kill in Candyman. God damn. That's so good. So good. And I would just love to see her with that type of cinematography in a musical. I think it would be incredible. Um, and to me, that's what this was. I thought it was a really fun sequence. You know, they, uh, they yada yada some stuff like, the prince is bilingual um so he can speak he's normal not, yeah. but yeah everyone else doesn't understand if you're not singing which i was like okay cool um you know it had a little mermaid vibe because it is like an ocean planet so kind of funny that it's the same year as little mermaid um True. the i thought the dress the miss marvel dress not not miss marvel i'm sorry captain marvel dress princess uh, was marvel incredible yeah she's a disney princess now how i how funny <laughs> to to include that i don't know for me all of that stuff is DaCosta seemed like she and I mean, she didn't write the script so whoever this I, I haven't paid attention to who the script writers are but she co-wrote it yeah with two other people oh, well there you go um you have this uh this vibe of these are comic books and they're meant to be joyous and fun as much as they can be serious and dour and that sequence to me was her going look you can have her kicking butt in one sequence and then have her in a gown the next and those two things can coexist and they do right like that's the thing with um comic book heroines is that they are often both they're they're beautiful and they are vicious and um 
I think Brie Larson uh, proved that in both in every iteration of this character she's been in the movies. Um, and that sequence really let that be a joke, but it was not like they, they laughed at her to a degree, like uh, Kamala and um, Rambo. Like they're kind of like, what? But they're like, it doesn't feel like they're mocking her as much as they're like, Oh, like, you know, like, all right. And <laughs> I, I love that sequence. I thought it was fun and funny. Um, not necessarily like the songs were incredible or anything like that, but you know, it's, it's a, what, like a five minute sequence. And um, I thought it worked. I had a blast with it. It had me cracking up. It had the vibe I was looking for. Um, but you, you didn't like it. It's still, it's not like I didn't like it. It just really threw me off. Cause I think it did that. That, that was the moment for me where the film took a turn and not even for the worst. I just think that the first half was really strong. And this just felt jarring tonally. And I don't, for me, the film followed this lead from then on because you have a moment like this and then you have the baddie coming to get um, the, uh, coming to get the bangles. Uh, and then you have a big fight and then you've got the fate of this world, this water planet at the same time. And from then on, it just felt, it kind of devolved a little bit into less of what I was liking from the first half of this film. I still enjoyed it. And there's still some great moments, um, certainly towards the end as well. I do think the kind of that sort of middle section is the weaker section for me in the film, but hearing what you're saying, um, as here on the bank, we'll always be honest. Whilst it, it may not have changed my mind necessarily. Uh, I love hearing, obviously you're talking about the Costa bringing her vibe. She's bringing her style, her signature or, or her to the film which I think is fantastic. And and yeah, why shouldn't we have a fun comic book-esque silly moment in a film where so many comic book films in the last few years have been criticised for being too heavy and too uh, uber serious? What's yeah. wrong with having a film where you have Princess Marvel and yeah, the, the um, Ms. Marvel and Monica Rambeau, yeah, they're not, they're not mocking the culture. They're not mocking what's going on. It's more that their badass friend here who is very stoic and uh, someone of very few words actually mm-hmm. in her spare time had to go and marry somebody for diplomatic political reasons and has to wear a princess dress and in this environment where they've never seen her before it was like a fish out of water type of thing so mm-hmm. um, in that sense enjoyed it um i'll tell you something jb flirk in hell where there are a lot of cats in this film if you like cats you're going to be having a great time now they're not all real but they really they really bought goose back and more didn't they well, and again, they set it up, right? Like Goose, they set up Goose's uh, tentacles or whatever. That I don't fully understand how the Flurgans work, but um, in the in Captain Marvel, and then these things, Miss Marvel is rescued by Goose, essentially, right? Like because uh, she shows up on the ship, isn't really has no weapons, and uh, he eats the the people which then of course backfires because he pukes them up which is hilarious um and also again setting up what they're going to do at the end of the film is like they can swallow apparently full people um don't understand how i guess they're like mary poppins bags inside um oh my god is mary poppins bag made of flurgle but yes um and then they can regurgitate you and you're apparently mostly unscathed um of maybe traumatized but uh that sequence man when they start rescuing the ship which i that feels like I, I think DaCosta is a Star Trek fan, and it reminded me of the furry ball things from Star Trek. Um, I can't, I can't help you with those ones, JB. I can't think of what they're called. Uh, they're they're like um, oh, I will try to Google it, but um, uh, because they find the eggs throughout um, the the big spaceship yeah, that Shield is on, eggs, yeah. uh, 
and um, th- those appear those apparently were cat eggs or Flur- Flurgan eggs. But um, but I can't. Believe you don't know the Star Trek uh, fuzzy ball things, man. I don't know Star Trek. That's one of the th- one of the sci-fi things I have no knowledge of. I just haven't ever. The Tribbles. Them. Trouble with Tribbles is the name of the episode. Um, I feel it's like a I classic original Star Trek um, series, uh, like thing and that's kind of what it reminded me of i feel like it's a nod to that um and then them you know the, the way they they rescue everybody because they only have like what one or two escape pods and they can fit all the the furbles the furgles in it but not all the people so um and then the cats just puking people out it's it's pretty funny i thought that sequence was pretty great yeah no and it was it was it was your kind of mcguffin wavy world war your your yada yada wave how are we going to get out of the situation well, the brain eggs were actually flurkins because why wouldn't they be? Because they're not actual cats. Um, let's just have them eat the people, and then it's set to a fun musical number where they're they're kind of waltzing through the the corridors of Saber, the space station, which I'm sure there's a fantastic thought for reference in there somewhere. Um, just eating people who are screaming, but of course they're just saving their lives. They all get into the the pod and then we get an awful lot of comedy with uh sam jackson but also um kamala khan's family who have been brought back in now from mm-hmm. marvel uh, zenobia shroff as maniba mohan kapoor as yusuf and sagar sheikh as amir so much fun those guys are i really really enjoy it. they feel, that's what i liked most about Ms. marvel was the family aspect they feel like yeah me too they brought that aspect into it and just seeing um maniba uh, the, uh, the mother just squaring off against sam jackson nick fury was will never not be fun uh really in, really enjoyed that um and the, and the flurkin yeah but, I, but they, they set up in the first film they're just carrying it on in the second one no issue with that whatsoever jb um the villain let's mention the villain because we both had yeah mi- mixed feelings on the villain not a bad villain yeah. not a great villain zary ashton um again tom hiddleston's wife is another mcu connection there right there um, oh i didn't know that yeah, she's a she's a Mrs. Loki, or or he is Mr. Darben. Uh, he's in the film. She's going up quite large with her performance. You know, she's he's almost shaking positively as she's getting these words out in a chaotic performance, and she's got a mouth kind of doesn't help as well. But I, I like I like the villain. You know, I think I said on the non-spoiler, and I know there may be some push, may have been some pushback on it, but I do want to see a villain that survives or at least pops in and out of films a secondary one so we're all like thanos's gang in infinity war i wish they'd kind of been in a bit more before so we felt more when we saw them but um i'd love to have seen a, the villain of the week almost i know it's comic book-esque but this isn't the book comic book. this is films i'd love to see a little bit more of a uh connective tissue there why why do i say that because the mcu is one big connective thing it's as much as i want standalone sometimes i do want a villain to feel more than they are and she's as Ari Ashton has given it her all. She's not bad here whatsoever. She isn't bad. It's just a villain is it's kind of one note. Uh, good motivations or well, well developed. Sorry, should I say? Lots of monologuing, and we find out, of course, that Captain Marvel is known as the Annihilator to the Scrolls because, or the Kree, sorry, because she destroyed their their uh, central motherboard, the heart of the planet, their AI system which sent the planet into chaos. It wiped out their sun, wiped out their water. Everything was gone. Uh, so they now call her the Annihilator, and Darben wants to get 
uh, revenge for that. But it also shows us what Captain Marvel's been up to since Endgame or Infinity War, pretty much. And Endgame, sorry, she's been off helping people. However, she's kind of lost sight of what she is or how she's helping people. And in doing so, what she did was actually just uh, she took a world's resources away. And I quite like that they gave, they made Captain Marvel more than just Captain America. Captain America has always had the criticism that he's a little bit of a goody goody. He's a bit one note. He's, you know, everything he does is great. Whatever you might believe on that. But Captain Marvel, at least in this film, they kind of said, well, listen, she actually basically just completely messed up this entire planet by losing, um, losing focus or direction of her own self. And I like that they went there. They shut, and that's what was plaguing her. That's what the villain's motivation was here for that. No issue whatsoever um but we both agreed didn't we i think that iman valani as kamala khan was uh, for me by far i don't want to say for you, you you can answer that yourself but for me by far she was the best part of this film and what i what i was looking at pre-show actually was kamala khan is is posited as a 16 year old iman valani i think she's 21 now so she's probably what yeah 19 when this was made so she really does capture this the 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 uh the boundless energy of an excitable 16 year old kid you know i don't i don't believe i don't look at it and think like oh, this is someone in their 20s playing a kid you know, she really really embodies that role so well and her passion for the the franchise a passion for the character which is now her own uh and her love for just being around something that she loves is so 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 um infectious i really really think she's great in this and she did a lot of her own stunts her chemistry with Tayona Paris and Brie Larson was very good and I do think without her in this film and the energy that she brings but also the family aspect I think the film was a bit ho-hum otherwise I do think the film is a little bit by numbers without because you get that bonkers scene at the beginning where Paris, Brie Larson, Iman Vellani they're caught in this I don't know what they call it a very scientific thing where they they trade places based on what they're doing at a certain moment. Really, really cool scene. I know you'll expand on that, but it's some of it takes place on Sabre, some in space, but also some in Kamala Khan's home with her family. And it's just kind of us ground grounding it that little bit more really did help that a bit, but that was my standout scene. And I think it was yours as well. Yeah. I mean, that action sequence is phenomenal. Um, it's great storytelling. It's great visuals. Uh, and it's a great use of the technique of cross-cutting because w- there's an actual reason for it. It's a, There's a story reason to cross-cut because as we cut, the characters have shifted places and now they have to kind of become aware of their current circumstances. What's going on? Who's the bad guy? What do they have to do? Um, and Rambo still kind of seems to be learning her powers more so than the other two who seem a little bit more uh adapted i mean obviously captain marvel's very into her power she seems to know exactly how to use them although she doesn't know how to do this part of it right quantum Um, entanglement they call it yeah and that it's just it's just a really cool visualization and it's also obviously the thematically relevant um uh to their lives right like they are quantumly entangled for one reason or another without knowing it um they you know their powers are connected but also like their lives are connected in some you know kamala being a super fan of captain marvel yes um but and that's the the one element that they they rush through is um when they're on the scroll planet and the villain wins and she's sucking the life out of the planet and um 
Miss Marvel wants to save everybody because she's young and she believes that's what heroes do, right? They save everyone. And Captain Marvel, who is a gritty, you know, she's been doing this for 30 years because remember Captain Marvel's in the 90s. Um, so she's been, she's killed people. She's lost people. Um, she has a much grittier and realistic perspective and says, we save who we can. And the the disappointment, the sh- the shock and hurt on Kamala's face is so powerful in that moment. She and it's her, never addressed. But she really does mm-hmm. snap her, which shocks Ms. Marvel. And it, it's not really addressed. Like Captain Marvel apologizes and says, let's start over. And they have a really fun montage where they like, learn how to use their entangled powers. <laughs> but they really rush over what is this moment of growth for Kamala is – do I listen to my hero and acknowledge that the reality is we can't save everybody? Yeah. Um, or do I keep my enthusiastic youth and shun my hero, realize that my hero isn't all I thought she was. Um, and they don't really do anything with it. It just kind of gets brushed over. Um, and you know, it, that makes sense. Like in, in the big picture, I think the, the way their relationship develops would have developed had we sat with that and given it time. But you can feel that like that there's no time for them to dwell on those emotions because we mm-hmm. got to get to the next scene. And that's where I said the the runtime is great, but it, it hurts moments like that where you just don't have time to deal with the ramifications of something that is clearly big because it, it – the way that scene is shot, like we're on Kamala's face and it's, it's one of hurt. It's one of pain and it's never really addressed. Yeah. Especially when before that, and anyone who's seen the series for the most part, Ms. Marvel, Kamala Khan is boundless energy. Like we said, she's very enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. She has that innocence of youth and that excitement that comes along with it. And, you know, a different sense of, right and wrong compared to someone like Ms. Marvel, sorry, Captain Marvel, who's been through the ringer, shall we say. Um, and yeah, I wish they had focused on that a bit more because they focus a lot on obviously her, you know, her fangirling over Captain Marvel. But the moment when she almost feels disappointment and the, the don't meet your heroes moment did feel yes. kind of hand waved away, which is a bit of a shame. And I guess on that, I said that I think Brie Larson's fine in this film. I think he's good. Um, and Tayana Paris is good as well. I don't th- again, both of them. I think they're good. I don't think they're standouts, but they're good. I think uh, Monica Rambo is dealt a little bit of a uh, a whacker hand here because she does get a lot more kind of jargon to talk and scientific mumbo jumbo to have to spew, which I think holds the character back a little bit. But she gets the big moment at the end of the film. They mm-hmm. when the Mar- the Marvels themselves have fought off Darben. I think that fight was a little bit underwhelming. If you, if you, if you want me to be honest, it was, I felt a little over choreographed. I didn't really feel any stakes and I felt it was over too quickly, but, and especially the, um, the conclusion where Darben, she gets that second bangle from Ms. Marvel. Who's about to go a head crush. Yeah. Um, which, you know, you know, anyone who's seen films knew that that portrayal was coming immediately or that, um, they're pulling the rug from under them. So and then she uh, she basically is destroyed, Darben because she in a th- almost Thanos actually bangs those bangles together. She tears up another hole in space and time. Basically, opens up a, a, a rift into another portal, and the uh, and she she is destroyed. She is dead. She is blasted into a million pieces when this happens by the sheer power and ferocity of the move. And the only way to close that 
uh, portal uh, and also stop the sun's energy from being sucked into um, Hala, which is what Darbin's overall goal was. She wanted the sun to be returned to her planet. So he's going to suck the sun's power from our universe in uh, from Earth, sorry, to her Captain Marvel, blah, blah, blah. So the only way to, to close this rift is for uh, Monica Rambo to use her powers and to cause such a seismic um, en- energetic uh, blast that it stitches together this rift in time and space. And of course, she she does that. Captain Marvel wants to save her, but she doesn't get there in enough time. And Monica Rambo is now stranded in another reality essentially she's in another timeline which opens up pretty cool uh storytelling potentials but so for a character who some of her interactions with captain marvel i thought were a bit forced because you know there was this awkwardness between them she's there's so much she wants to say but i do feel at times they could have just said what they wanted to say and be done with it it felt a little bit melodramatic at times but in the end Mm -hmm. she got the big moment at the end where she saved the day uh, monica rambo and it's another learning curve, I guess, for Ms. Marvel to have to see this is what somebody had to do and sacrifice to save the world, the universe. Um, and I didn't mind that. I didn't mind that she's in this other universe. I'm sure we'll talk about the ramifications of that in a second. But what did you think then about the end? I thought the the end battle, because I think then what happens with Ms. Marvel's little mission after that was fabulous. But the ending, I thought, was a little bit underwhelming. But I'm glad it was Monica Rambo who got the moment to shine at the end. Yeah, I agree with that part. Um, I agree with both parts. Uh, the the boss fights, if you want to call them that, always feel a little um, anticlimactic in the last couple of Marvel films, right? Like they 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 use the good fight scene at the beginning of the movie, and then by the time you get to the end, it's just like let's wrap it up. And um, I didn't. It they set up that because the first fight is chaos because they don't mean to do what they're doing. And this fight, they have practiced, and they had the fun montage, um, and now they're they're experts at their quantum entanglement. Um, but they still underestimate the, the the villain, and it you know. Um, but the villain basically defeats themselves, which yeah. is disappointing, I guess. Too, it's like it it why it kind of feels anticlimactic is it's like well, if she just listened, because even her her number two, the guy who like has no name, I don't think. Um, warns her that it's probably you're going to die using it. And she's like, it doesn't matter. And then she looks shocked when she dies. Um, yeah. And she doesn't get to see the result of her actions anyway, which feels a little bit pointless. Yeah. And, but I, I like uh, Rambo getting to shine. And again, it, it, the comments are not false. Um, she does get a lot of the exposition dumps, but that is her character, right? She's the scientific one. She's the smart one. She never wanted to be a superhero, but it was kind of thrust upon her. Um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, her, but she's also brave and bold. And obviously, I think this leads us to our two post-credit scenes, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't think there's anything else from the main um, f- uh, part of the story. I did like how they introduced Captain Mar- uh, Ms. Marvel and with again, with one line and a quick animation. This is who I am. This is what I've done. And for Monica Rambo, Captain Marvel says, well, hold on, you've got superpowers? And she's like, yeah, I, I walked through like a witch fix and now I've got powers. Great, I've seen WandaVision. I know that. But if you haven't, there's a line. That's what happened. If you really want to know, go and check out the series. I like how they got through that very quickly without having to you know, really, really spell it out for us. But yes, JB, the the, t- the post-credit scenes and, and, the, and the, the new team being built as well. Yeah, um, the Young Avengers. Uh, we get a reminiscent um, 
post credit of the first post credit scene, right? Um, instead yep. of uh, Nick Fury sitting in the dark, it's Kamala Khan sitting in the dark, and she's with none other than Haley Steinfeld's Kate Bishop Woo-hoo. from the Hawkeye series, the most favorite everyone loved TV series. No, no complaints. I loved her. Um, I, I liked it. I, I didn't dislike it, but I'm just saying it was one that did not get a lot of love. No, um, kind of dismay, but, um, isn't it? But Haley Steinfeld has never been bad and uh she was great as kate bishop um the ex- having the two of them on screen at the same time is a little overwhelming because they're, they're both so charismatic i'm like can we can we handle a movie with those two <laughs> actresses together um uh but the hype of that was the first the most hype i've been about a future marvel thing i'm like oh yeah um i don't know if i want other characters or not though because like they they reference cassie um from ant-man and i'm like eh, eh. she was fine hasn't got quite the same ex- again it's ex- that e-word exuberance again the young avengers though man what was most exciting for me sorry to uh jump in there but it just came to my mind but the two characters i mean ms Ms. marvel in this universe disney plus series um hawkeye Kate Bishop started Disney Plus series. And I've got two characters from the Disney Plus series on the big screen meeting each other, which is fantastic, which gives me hope that maybe someone like Moon Knight will come into the films later on. But it's just cool to see that these two MCU versions of the characters started on the small screen and now meeting up on the big screen for what will hopefully be a pretty cool team up. Yeah, I think so. And then the one that I think every long time comic book movie fan has been waiting on um the 2000 x-men movie is is really i, th- I think it's 2000 right it's real good yes. minus the uh the baggage um that is attached to its director but uh and then x2 was x2 that cool. opening sequence with nightcrawler is so good um that we've been waiting for the x-men to uh be brought officially into the mcu there's been uh miss marvel also introduced as a mutant um i believe is what the you are uh, the end of the series um so seeing the the one thing that i'm not thrilled about is we're under the impression that rambo wakes up in an alternate universe yes which means they're not in the mcu proper right um not in the way it's almost closer to how we saw um Marla, is it marla rambo and 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 yes and john krasinski yeah. in the fantastic four uh none of what we saw in the post credits because it's in an alternative universe apparently um means that anything we saw will actually have impact like kelsey grammar reprised his role of beast it's actually kelsey grammar as hank mccoy isn't it that was cool yeah but CG will that sure. be canon in the actual mcu well, or is that just acknowledging back. Obviously, we're getting Deadpool 3. We know that there's going to be some kind of tie-in with that. Um, with uh, Logan's going to be there, and that it's going to tie into the MCU somehow. So it, it's, uh, you know, it's still exciting. Even if there are a lot of, like, uh-oh, potential, like, red flag type, like, storytelling things that you're like, oh, no, what are they going to do? Um, it was still a cool moment. And uh, also knowing that Rambo is, is alive is exciting because I was worried they were going to just, like, okay, she's gone. Um, Yes. So yeah, I like those post credits. So I thought they were both really good. Uh, yeah, I um, I thought the I really love the idea of the Young Avengers. Uh, again, bite me anyone who doesn't. I think it's such a cool um, idea. And I know it's 
established in the comics, but I think it's cool. We've had the Avengers, the Young Avengers. If we are building up to a a seismic event in Secret Wars, and listen, who knows what's happening with those films anymore? With the whole Jonathan Majors, Doctor Doom, Kang, um, Triangle of Doom, which is going on. No pun intended. We don't know what's going on. But the idea that in Secret Wars we could get Avengers, we could get as much as sometimes like multiverse and what if situations do really annoy me. But the idea that we could get the OG guys back just for one more hurrah, we can get the old Spideys back, we can get the X Men back in Fantastic Four, the new Avengers, the young Avengers together. How cool does that sound? It really is like a nerd dream. But then who's the villain? You know, we don't know. We don't know who the villain in the MCU is anymore because, well, you know. Loki season two without any spoilers has kind of set up that they can do what they want now that they can have a new villain if they want to. Uh, and that is again, they haven't offed anybody, but you know, they, the way they've set it up is that, you know, we can introduce anyone we want now. They've really got to do that soon though, because if they are going to have, because Thanos was introduced very slowly, but by the time we got to infinity war, we knew who he was. We knew what he could do and we knew the threat he posed, or at least we were aware of it that has to happen as soon as possible, especially if they're building up the, the heroes, there has to be a villain or villains who can take on this. What looks like going to be an absolute army of heroes, past, present and future. So interested yeah. there, but yeah, the, the post credit scene certainly set that up. I understand what you mean. As soon as I realized it was Kelsey Grammer as beast and Hank McCoy, it did make me think, ah, well, that, that it's a different it's a re- different reality so this isn't maybe going to be our beast going forward um but we'll see they like i said they have to go and get um monica rambo back at some point so are they going to bring anyone back mm-hmm. with them would it be a one and done i hope not because i'd quite like to see a new the new x-men uh in in the mcu and they, we know they're coming at some point yeah, yeah but for sure will it be a mix-up of old and new i'd kind of want a new gang you know I, and there's there's rumors yeah. about pedro pascal playing reed richards or whatever coming soon uh, not a rumor apparently he's is confirmed is, is that he's I, taking the role man i don't know how i feel about that i love pedro but i don't know uh, maybe, maybe they're setting up maybe they're having him so they can move they can get the kid the kids in quicker like put them to the fore i don't know but um hey i love pedro it could work but i don't know i, I think there could have been different people out they could have maybe done it differently or i don't say better but anyway that, that's a story for another concessions another from Cinefold, but um yeah, yeah I, I like these ojb they did what a post-credit scene should do and i like how they left the, the the connectivity really until these moments there's some obviously throughout the film it didn't feel like mm-hmm. it was slapping me in the face as much and these post-credit scenes or mid and post that was what got me excited going forward not sitting through a film thinking well this isn't about the marvels in fact this was about the marvels and then we got our connections at the end. So yeah, I, I was very happy of those, and I and I enjoyed the film um, more than I thought I would. JB, good action, good heart, mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. some very good humour in it. Uh, wobbles along the way, but like JB said up top, check this film. The film isn't doing well theatrically. It's sitting at uh, around about 120, 130 million at the box office. Very very low turnout. There are many reasons for that. Very very many variables, but it's well worth it. It's you know take your kids to see it. It's a good date film. Uh, go by yourself like I did and it'll go with your family or it'll go with your buddies. Yeah. It's it's a good film. Don't be scared because it's three females in the lead. This Don't worry guys. It ain't that kind of film. If that's what you're thinking, it's a fun film. There's a lot, there's a lot going for it. 
check it out. Support support cinemas or theaters at worst. Yeah, and that's our spoiler episode for the Marvels. Um, we've spoken in almost as much uh, about it as the movie itself. Like we're at like Jesus, sixty yeah. minutes of conversation. Um, but <laughs> we'll be back next week with the Hunger Games: Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Uh, I've already seen it. I don't think Matt has just yet. Um, curious to hear your thoughts on that one. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. We're at Instagram, Bloody Awesome Movie Pod, and on Twitter at bamp underscore podcast b-a-m-p underscore podcast you can still follow us on facebook if you'd like you can search bloody awesome movie pod individually you can find me at burkreviews.com and at burkreviews on all the social media platforms and matt where can they find you uh you can find me at what i watch tonight.co.uk and just search for what i watch tonight across all of the socials and letterboxed and with that we say keep watching movies and stay bloody awesome Blood, 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 blood,